Please note, this episode references mental health issues. Please find useful links in the show notes if you've been affected by any of the issues discussed. This episode also contains some strong language. Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. We should have just literally started recording for the minute we started. I thought we were. So sorry. Well, my good pattern the first five minutes we're not even on air it's just a warm-up it's a warm-up you can go back nobody will know nobody was listening it's fine well it didn't include this bit or else i was going to be like oh the pattern if we could have had the pattern <laughs> well i mean i guess i should introduce him speaking you really to should to be professional i think you, I think you better like go on i am totally delighted to be speaking to len penny good morning aka miss punny penny <laughs> that's me <laughs> and we've just discovered that we might be the same person we are we're separated at birth honestly like so many things although obviously you are the prettier definitely younger and very talented version of this <laughs> person who's like, no, no, no. you run a dance troupe like you don't get to talk to me about talent like <laughs> we've done all the chats we have we should have been recording but uh, this is I, I guess like we we've never met and quite often i'll say that in the podcast like I've I've been absolutely so grateful this year to meet so many people over the internet. And it's not the same as in real life, but it's lovely to have these interactions because I discovered you on Twitter, which I don't normally say because I'm not on Twitter a lot. But I did tell you as we started, like, you have been a highlight of 2020, especially on Twitter for sure. See, you're starting as you mean to go on because you know I'm that much an egomaniac that if you start with a few compliments, I'll be like, oh, she's lovely, look at Honestly, I sent your Twitter to my pal the other day and I was like, you need to go on this. Like, How did you uh, find me if you're not on Twitter that much? I don't know. I Genuinely, I'm not. Like, I've got a page for the Broad and the Brave, but I definitely reside on Instagram most of mm. the time. I don't know. I was just on one day and you popped up and obviously before we were recording, I keep saying... It's like as if we were in a secret club. Before we were recording, when I mean, all of you listening weren't there, <laughs> we were talking about our love. It was phenomenal. The pattern oh, was, was gorgeous. <laughs> I've used all my good chat. Um, yeah, we're talking about our love for language. and we were, So, yeah, I, I must have seen one of your posts. I, I guess I should explain on the Brawn the Brave, and we'll get there. The very last thing that I ask every guest planting the seed is what is your favorite scottish word or phrase don't ask that. Oh, i know well when i discovered you i was just like all the words because you have been doing a scots word of the day for how long now 160 days is it really i i know it's and then you, you sit and think oh no it can't have been it was it was the second of july i started that's amazing so i will say that you are a poet and champion of scots language I'm just, uh, I just log on to Twitter and chat a load of nonsense. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, champion the Scots language. I'm like, absolutely. There's so many people I would much rather champion the Scots language in a very professional way rather than me coming on at three in the morning being like, all right, lads, I'm writing poems. Who's awake? <laughs> 
but I love that about you. It's just very real. Like we we should be enthusiastic about our language and we should champion and we should celebrate it. And it's not for the elite or this you know certain groups of people. Like we can all learn. And I think that's what your Twitter does. Like every day when I go in, I'm like, oh, am I going to know the word or am I going to learn something new today? It's so interesting how the hate lines up with what I do no matter what I do. So we tried the academic Scots. No, 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 that's no real. No disputes like that. We tried the everyday Scots. No, 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 that's just slang. So it turns out it's not what I'm saying. It's the fact that I'm saying it. It's a problem. And I love that. I love it because I log on in the morning and be like, right, what am I going to do wrong today? Well, this is the thing, and I'm sure we'll get into it. And um, what I have seen online, there's been lots of positives and lots of people totally celebrating what you're doing, quite rightly so. But I have seen some not-so-nice stuff, and I don't know if that is the world of Twitter, and that's maybe why I don't reside there very often. And I'm interested to get your take on that and what you've had to face, you know, because things that I've read, I'm just like, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Who raised these people? That's what I want to know. Like, go on, I want to send this to their, I want to send this to their mums and see what they're saying to it. Because, like... They didn't bother. It's like, and my DMs are absolutely disastrous and then the thing is on the timeline sometimes it gets really bad and of course my dad my dad will look at my comments just because you know he's interested and he'll send me things and be like are you all right about this are you okay is this upsetting you and I'm like aye it is but at the same time I, I, at, the end, at the end of the day I'm a skinny wee ginger schmout for Airdrie who moved to like I've, I've had my fair share of teasing like I'm no I'm no backwards and coming forwards and that's what people are responding well to is when I clap back and I'm like right here you go you wanted five minutes. See, you know, see what it's like to be me and get all this hate. Do you like it? No, you don't. Now it's now it's this tweet cannot be found. That's the thing. Like, just the gumption of people to to comment on. You're like, this is my page. You don't need to be here if you don't like it. Go go over to Instagram. Maybe it's nice. Right. And it's it's the ones that are like you know that they'll be like, oh, I watch your videos on mute. Not to go on a negative note, but what what is what is their beef? What what are people annoyed about in terms of like your approach to the Scots language? Like, what are they annoyed about? What's getting their goat? For Scots, it's the fact I use Scots, and that is uh, there's different branches of criticism. There's a criticism that one nobody speaks like the way I speak. There's two I'm putting it on. There's three I'm a middle class. a quote a middle class lassie adopting a scheme way of speaking. Oh. So much, so much to unpack in that sentence, and ah, oh, it's just, it's just, it, it always betrays what's on their mind. So, are they classist? Are they sexist? Are they xenophobic? Are they just so internally cringed out by the whole Scottish thing that they just want to erase it all? Or are they anti-independence and they see me as a threat? Because mm. I've never, I've never been political on Twitter, never. I've joked about it, you know, I've joked about, oh, you know, we ride at dawn, all that stuff. But at the same time, I have never come out and betrayed my internal thoughts on Scottish independence. And yet, because I'm celebrating Scottish culture, that's inherently um, attacking the English or attacking English Scots or attacking British people. And I'm like, that's very interesting how you would see a celebration of one culture as an attack on another. And what is your motivation to continue then? Just absolute spite. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not being, like, I say that in my bio, I'm like, I'm a, a wee, uh, what is it, I've got a warrior pot held together with pure spite and duct tape. Genuinely, spite. It's like when my my English, my advanced higher English teacher was like, oh, I don't think you're going to pass, I think you're going to get a D, and I was like, do you know what? I don't think I will, missus. And I went and got an A. You know, it's just like, 
don't tell me I can't do something because I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it looking amazing. Like, oh, you're going to look so stupid when I'm, when I'm like, I'm first minister of Scotland and like queen of the world. Like, I love that. I love that determination because what, in my opinion, what you are doing is being so creative and you're bringing joy to people. Your part is brilliant. Like, you know, oh. and your, you know, your replies to some of the messages. And I, and I don't just mean on the, you know, on, the negative side of things like the, the kind of backlash that you've received just I absolutely think it's it's wonderful what you're doing if I can take you back for a second mm-hmm. you're born in Airdrie which is five minutes up the road for me was a love of stories poem poems as you call them love that <laughs> poems language is that something that's within your family is that something as a young person you were just drawn to language and storytelling my my parents will tell you like I never had any pals. I just read books um, because I I was like I, I don't know I don't know whether it was because I was precocious or whether it was because I was you know just a lonely child. But I never really got on well with other other reigns. I just sort of read books, and my parents would read books to me. I mean they're both teachers, so my mum used to read like Molly's Hair, which is about a wee lassie coming to terms with being ginger, which I love. I love that there's a book about that, and and yeah, like so she'd read me stories, and I was brought up with my grandparents and all. So, like, every night my nanny would read me multiple stories and it would, it would all be in Scots just because she was just telling them for her brain and that was just, that's just how we spoke. So, it was it was always very much, this is just it. This is just, communication is so important. And it was oral communication. You know, she wasn't reading a book to me. She was reading for, for the, you know, for her, for her head. And then, you know, I'd been at school and then obviously, you know, you learn English and you unlearn Scots, as it were. And then, you know, we moved to Dunblane and, and the accent got teased. And with my sister, it's completely different because her accent is very soft, very gentle, very gorgeous. She sounds very, she's lovely, she's a teacher and all. But um, my accent just never really changed that much until sort of high school and, what, and when, you know, I was trying to be academic, I was trying to be respected. So I sort of really repressed my accent and I can even genuinely just become a totally different person because you just you just do it this is how I speak at university because I'm at St Andrews there's not really much space for broad Scots speak you know and then that's nothing to do with the teachers or there's just an assumed culture of okay we're going to speak English now but I didn't want to speak English <laughs> I don't want to speak English I want to speak Scots so like it's it's always just been I forgot when you asked me I've just I've just got a massive big rant no, just, just I'm just fascinated about how you arrived at this at, at Twitterdom and and took over it? Poems. I just I just have always written mm-hmm. poems. Like I just I just have like any time and, and and this probably I mean any time my wee brother had an assignment or anything and it was to write a poem, I would sit down with him and you know give him a lot of help and guidance. And this is for like primary one, so I don't want any teachers coming for me. I've never even touched his uni his high school stuff. <laughs> I don't want any English teachers be like, oh, I don't have time to give him help anymore. So, well, this is the thing. Like, it's really inverse of taken off for you. But when you decided to put your passion online and start connecting with people and sharing your knowledge and sharing your love for Scots language, was that just because you loved it, or was there a plan? Like, I'm going to, I'm going to create this character, and I'm going to I'm be very famous. <laughs> No, I had Amer- I had American pals, and uh, I I tweeted something like, "Oh, this is making me great." And my pal was like, "What does this mean? You need to start start start. Just let us know." So I was like, "Oh," um, and then it was my friend actually. He he was like, um, "Do a Scots word of the day," and I was like, 
okay, so I typed it all up. I typed up Fusty. I was like, the word is Fusty. The meaning is <laughs> is like mouldy or, or stale food. An example, I'm not eating that. That's Fusty. And then my pal was like underneath, how is this pronounced? And I was like, oh. And I thought, well, I could type it up in linguist. I could type it up in the IPA, like phonetic alphabet. I could type it up the way I would say it, like phonetically, like Fusty. Or... I'll just record a wee video of how I say it. So my first video, if you go all the way back, it's mental. Because it should be like, hello guys, the word of the day today is boosty. <laughs> and I'm looking back and I'm like, who is that? I hate it. But they say that it's nice to see the progression. But at the same time, what? <laughs> who is me? It's like this with the podcast as well. Like my first episode, I did this really like formal introduction that was pre-recorded before the person came on and I was like five minutes in I was like so that's not happening every episode because that's totally not me like I must have recorded about 50 million times and just hated every version of it I mean I'm not a massive fan of listening to my own voice back but at least I'm being more real on the podcast than I was initially I think just that overthinking and Again, it's going back to that idea of people like judging you for being yourself online. You're like, I'm not, I'm, I'm being me. This is, and as a creative person, mm-hmm. how you deliver your content online will have changed because you've been doing it for 160 days. Definitely. See, there's nothing, there's nothing better than having to start work at eight and being like, okay, I've got a 45 minute bus, so I have to get up at six. And the word of the day needs done. There's one where I, was, I think it was Puckle, and I was just sitting there like wrapped in a blanket, like. And someone was like, oh, method actor. I'm like, no, I'm just shagged. Actual. This is real life. I have to do a prep shift in 15 minutes. I love it. Because, yeah, I don't even know why. So the Brawn the Brave started as a pod, uh, as a, a blog. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the blog, I had like some random questions called the thingamabobs, which should have been called the hingamajigs. I don't know why I missed that boat. That's anyway. your anglicisation. That's you. You're internally colonised then. And I've been pained ever since about it, but I feel like I kind of changed it now. So anyway, and every time I'd interviewed somebody, I always asked them, just because I love mm-hmm. Scottish language, I love Scottish words and phrases, and I just was interested to know what ones that people knew or came up with or ones that I didn't know. And it's just kind of stuck with the podcast. And actually, like, last year I did, so every episode, because I would ask everybody, I've got, like, kind of highlights of all the mm-hmm. Scottish words. But... You know, you've already said too that it's no been on the podcast before. Fusty and Puggled, they've no been on the podcast. See, that's me. I'm an innovator. I, I'm, I'm a maverick. I don't, I don't do things like that. <laughs> yes, this is this is why you're here. <laughs> that's why it's next episode is just going to be you and all the words. <laughs> it's just me. I'm just going to chat a load of noise. I don't even know if you're allowed to swear on here. Aye, sorry, I've got that wee explicit sign. Somebody said a sweary word last year, and it was like, well. We're in another bracket yeah, now. Uh, I, I, see, that's the thing. See, when I'm writing poems, there's so many swear words in them. And then I'll show it to my dad. My dad will be like, right, okay, so if, you, if you're if you putting this one on YouTube, perhaps it would be... And I'm like, oh, but I want to say... <laughs> <laughs> and it's interesting to to almost like put together that Scots word of the day, which is great. And, you know, people enjoy it and people are learning across the globe. But even in Scotland, you're like, oh, I've never heard that word. Because obviously there's particular words that are used in particular regions and areas you know someone had said baffies to me and i was oh, like what's that i'd never heard of that but uh but should i make them all up you can oh do you know i like a secret wee word which just me just sitting at home thinking up a language i said oh this is this is an snp word and i'm like what who has time is that what people are actually saying yeah 
because the genuine thing is conlangs like constructed languages oh my god you got such respect for them like valerian all the, all the tolkien ones that's such a, an art form to be able to sit down and write your own linguistic structures I do genuinely know how the time for that. Like, can you imagine me? Got a job, got a degree, got all my internet stuff, and then at night I'm just like burning the midnight oil. Like, and today I'm going to write doing some fake words for the Twitter boys. It blows my tiny mind that people are actually thinking that's what you're doing. You're like, no, no, there's plenty of words. Like, to go, I don't need to start making them up. The power they think I wield is phenomenal. Is it, it was the person who was like. Oh, and, and her, she she's deliberately, you know, doing an unmade bed to entice the boys. And I'm like, first of all, I'm depressed, Sandra. And second of all, what man looks at the unmade bed? I mean, you you can see it now. You obviously can't see it in the podcast, but you can see it now. Is this doing it for you? Jokes aside, when I read that, I was like, gonna just gear a break. Literally. My you know, this podcast is about people and their passions. Like, people doing something that they love, putting themselves out there creating content for other people to enjoy and okay you know i've had this discussion before with artists with musicians not everybody's going to love what you do and that's okay they don't have to they don't have to like it but the fact that people feel the need to critique or comment especially when it's you know negative and you're like but i'm i'm doing this because i like it and people other people seem to enjoy it so why would i stop why is it so you know it's not offensive i'm not hurting anybody i'm not doing anything illegal like i'm ticking the boxes here so why is my unmade bed and words that you don't know that you just think I've made up, like, why is that so offensive to you? You're so lucky I'm not doing it for my scratcher because I switched. You're lucky I'm getting out of the bed, let alone making it. The effort I go to. <laughs> Some days I'm like, right, here, I'm going to film my word and then I just get right back in the bed. I'm like, oh, that's me done so much today. I deserve a break. Going back to the, the idea of poetry, and you're saying that you've just always enjoyed writing mm-hmm. poetry. And I know I'm going to say this sentence, you're going to be like, I rightly so, we get it, we know that we're similar. I also. I bet you did. I bet you're just copying me now. I know I am. You but, get to it next week with a ginger wig on. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh dear. No, I've got a best pal. She's a ginger, so it's fine. I've ticked that box. <laughs> oh, you, oh, you've got ginger pals. I, uh, I, I see. see me. No, but honestly, like, so every like hug Maria, I'll write a poem, a poem. Really? <laughs> uh-huh. I'm in the mid- middle of writing one the notes. It's nowhere near as fabulous as yours, but it's I'm just something. That I I'm a professional poet. <laughs> Well, you are. You absolutely are. You know, I write poetry for me, or I'll maybe write it for a pal who's getting married or whatever. Yeah. It's just it's just a, a hobby that I enjoy doing. But for you, you've taken it that one step further. You're putting your work out there into the world. What is your creative process like? So many people, like even Wayne's in that. I feel that bad. I have to lie when Wayne's are like, what's your creative process? And I, I want to be like, well, first I brew a cup of tea. No, I just sit down at my laptop 3am in the morning when the poem's in my head and I can't get it out. And I just bash it out in 15 minutes there's no there's no art there's no grace it's just forcing it's in my head it's in here and it just screams at me just for an unbridled nationalism and mental illness it's just it just forces its way on the page it's not it's not a pretty and I don't edit either I do not edit I hate editing because that's the thing I'm that self-critical if I look at that for more than 15 minutes it's getting binned and I've done that before where I've just deleted the whole thing so I need it written, I need it filmed, and I need it posted before I can sit and think, overthink it. <gasps> That's dead interesting, right? Okay, I love this. I just can't do it because you, you'll know yourself. Like when you're, when you said when you were listening back to the podcast, you're self-critical. 
if I if I sit and think, I'll be like, oh no, no, can I do that? Can I do that? No, nope, don't think about it. But just I'll think about it later when it's up. Because I think one of the first things that I saw of yours was I'm not having children. Ah, yeah. I love it. It's just beautiful. Like I've written a few lines down. Hope you don't mind. Like they'll be having a piece and no a pack lunch and. They'll be gout and bealing when they've got aches and pains, and oh, it's just beautiful. Like my wings will be crabbit, no in a bad mood. It's it's literally that one was so easy to write because I was talking to my mum. Just we were just talking, and she was like, "Oh, you know, I I made sure it teaches all the wee words." She was like, "Even though you wouldn't be using them at school," and I was like, "But why not? Why can we not use them at school? I left school with a piece. I should have arrived at school with a piece, and then they're going on about packed lunches, and I'm like, what's a packed lunch?" you know if you don't have a creative process like what is the inspiration is it your family is it stuff you're seeing online is it stuff you're reading like do you have poets that you read on a regular basis or like have you got any particular kind of inspirations Burns is my minion Uh, Dorothy Parker as well I love her stuff I mean she's long dead now but her stuff's just sharp witty short and there's a female energy to it I didn't like the poems that we studied at school and I didn't like the poems I studied at uni just because they're like avant-garde anti-poems like oh that none of this rhymes I can't tell that that's that's why people are like oh I like your poems I don't usually like poetry I know why you don't like poetry because I don't like poetry either I hate poetry I write I didn't write poetry I write poems got you (laughs) yes it's just and 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 you know like it depends what what you're saying about inspiration depends what I'm writing like uh 40 seconds suicide that's easy enough to draw parallels with in my own life um mental illness that's 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 something i draw on heavily just sometimes i'm in a bad mood i want to write a poem instead of just sitting green uh things like you know past uh, past relationships that's good for all the love stuff um a lot of stuff's unreleased that's uh, i mean even too personal for me to post um but i'm sure as soon as, as soon as the money's good enough i'll, I'll sell that part of the story. <laughs> And then the Scott stuff is just like, you know, that's just who I am. That's just my family and that. But the, the little one was something that I was really nervous about. And I was re- I was going to phone them up and say, I can't do this. Because I do not write. And I said this to them. I was like, I don't write happy poems. So if you said wanting a Christmas poem, I'm, I'm sorry, you're going to be disappointed. Because I can't write about tinsel and twinkling lights and going to shops. And, you know, I, I, I hate that. I despise that. I feel like it would be disingenuous for me to pretend to be happy. Mm-hmm. So, but then I think it's like writing a song, you know, with a particular person or situation or feeling in mind. And then when you put it out in the world, other people interpret it the way that they need it to be interpreted. Do you know what I mean? So like you're thinking like, I can't write this because that's not me or that that's not what I would want to put out in the world. But actually, a lot of people can draw comfort from things that are maybe things that seem like oh that's that's quite down that's you know that's a negative like we don't want to focus on the negative but actually sometimes when you just put reality out there and you just go here's my reality take uh, what you wish from it it was funny because I got a comment about my poem you're just a man and someone was like oh this is deeply anti-man this is deeply sexist this is deeply now two seconds of critical thinking will tell you that you're just a man is about a really awful terrible toxic relationship and the fact that it haunts you and stays with you and has changed a part of you intrinsically on surface level I you're just a man is about taking a man down a peg but for me when I wrote it it was like you are not this monster that will haunt me for the rest of my life you are literally just a man you were born the same way you will die the same way as Abdi else you're no 
You're no some spectre that haunts me. You are just a man that's gone now. I don't know. I don't, I, on one hand, I'm that much a control freak that I want to post a wee thing every time, being like, this is what it's about. Please pay attention. Uh, and yeah. then it's poetry. Once it leaves my lips, it's no mine anymore. It's no, I don't own it. It's it's for the world to interpret, which is good and bad because obviously people are going to, you know, see their own lives in it and see their own experiences and relate to it in a way I can't, you know, even imagine. But at the same time, I wrote it. I know what it's about. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's just what they what they take from it, and you can't be in control of that. Like you're saying, once it leaves your lips, once you put it out into, into the world, it's like I was quite within my rights to write this. This is my life. This is my my thoughts. This is my ideas putting out into the world and you can take what you need from it mm-hmm. or, or leave it so you were talking about the, the the little opportunity again was that just you know coincidence that's just something that's happened through the twitter page or are you now pursuing this because you are you know you're you are a, a poet you write well, poems it's, it's on my tinder bio was professional poet <laughs> Ah, I'm dying out on that. Um, all the messages are like, "Go and write me a poem." No, going to no, going to pay me first. Um, but no, I, I they slid in, they slid in my DMs. The the very professional woman DM'd me very professionally. She's not signed us. But she was like, she was like, "Oh, I, I work on behalf of a brand. Would you be willing to do some brand work?" And I was thinking. This will probably be a wee tartan shop in the Highlands. I was like, this will be nice. This will be good. A nice way to get my name out there up in the Highlands. It'll be gorgeous. And then she whaps out, oh, by the way, it's for little. I was like, excuse me. You can't do that. Yeah, be kind. I was looking forward to my short read. Literally. I was so did they, did they give you a, like a brief? Robert Ferguson's The Daft Days. The whole the whole project was about... Um, bringing Scots back into that idea of a, of a traditional quote-unquote Scottish Christmas. So the, the 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 poem I read that for inspiration, it was weird. I didn't understand it. Not from a linguistic point of view, but from a just a poetic point of view. So I feel like it was supposed to be a riff on the 12 days of Christmas. And the other poets in the group, some of them took more heavy inspiration for that. But I didn't because I just, as I say, kind of write happy poems. I kind of be happy for the life of me. So I was like, do you know what? No, it's a, we're doing a COVID Christmas this year. So I was like, it's not going to be happy. It's going. I mean, it's going to be great because we're going to be with family if we can. But at the same time, I wanted to be very mindful of the fact that if you're sitting at home watching a little advert and some happy comes on the TV, you're just going to start greeting because you're no way your family. So I was like, no, 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 I'm going to speak for the people who, like me, I've been away from home for, for months and months and months. And some of them are not even getting home. For, I'm very lucky. I'm very fortunate in the fact that I can come home for Christmas. I mean, it's been a long time coming. I had to get two COVID tests just to check, you know, just yeah. to make sure. I've not been out of the house in, in a good, you know, two weeks just to be just to be absolutely sure, like, you know, just so nobody taking risks because my parents are vulnerable and all. So I, I'm, I'm mindful of the fact that there's people sitting at home who can't go home. And yeah. I wanted to make sure that if they're sitting at home, there's something for them. I sick of just watching like adverts on the telly and being like, Jesus, how much money have you spent trying to fake emotions, try to elicit people's tears? When it's like, okay, set somebody down, talk to them for a minute and a half, real, make it real. So that's what I try to do is make it as real as possible. Because I hate Christmas anyway. Like every, every Christmas, I genuinely hate it because, you know, I, I've, I've lost people, I lost my grandparents, and there's never there's never going to be a Christmas like Christmas with them. You know what I mean? And everybody's got that. They, everybody's got that um, 
that feeling of like, well, this is great. We're having so much fun. Oh, Nanny would have loved this. And it's that feeling of just the melancholy, like, oh, I had such, that's what I'm so grateful that I had so much to lose. It's a privilege and an honour and and a joy to be able to say I've lost so much because I had so much. And at the same time, like, you know, if Christmas rolls around and you think, here, I can't can't fake being happy. Well, that's the thing, I think, festivities, you know, birthdays, anniversaries, Christmas, you know, any of these kind of, moments in our life they do they, they do remind us of what we have lost absolutely and um no I think that's the power of poetry the power of the arts to invoke feeling and for people to be able to connect with the story with the words and put their own slant on it like we were saying earlier on but but yeah I think it's the way that you can express yourself so eloquently but that other people can identify with that and connect with it is it's that's a gift that you've got for sure. <laughs> um, I, I like I like the fact that it's resonating with people who don't normally engage with poetry. I feel like that's that's a that's a a, a, a skill that Burns had was he would engage the the every man sort of, and I use that term to mean just everybody. Mm. Like mm. poetry is so exclusive, and it's exclusionary. And there's a there's an assumption that if you didn't like poetry, it's because you didn't get it. See that see that getting it. That's that implies, oh, you're not educated enough, or you didn't finish high school, or you didn't go to uni, or you didn't do this, or you did and it's it's always based on what people haven't done, and it's not the true reflection of poetry, which is just people didn't get it because you didn't write it for them to get. You wrote it for yourself and you wrote it for your friends. And if you write something for an, an a level of education, quote unquote, that's all you're gonna achieve. If you sit down with the intention of being clever and being smart. You do the opposite because you alienate people. And that's why it is important that your creative process in inverted commas is just getting whatever in your head down on paper and not overthinking it. If you were to overthink and procrastinate and go back and edit, then it, I'm not saying that it wouldn't be good it, it, and it wouldn't be real, but it would be different and it wouldn't probably be the essence of who you are. One of the criticisms I got was uh, somebody who was a very, you know, they, they enjoy the poetry. They, they're very, you know, elevated and educated. And they say, your stuff is raw and juvenile. Juvenile. Mm. And I sat there and I thought about it and I was like, wait. A minute. I was like, what's what's juvenile about it? Is it that I didn't use big words? Is it that I didn't use the English language? Is it that uh, it rhymes? Is it that it's like a limerick? Is it, is it no, no, you know, I'm not employing these poetic forms because I, I never use you know a sonnet or I never sat down with a structure in mind because I hate that I hate the confinement of sitting down and thinking right I've got five syllables and that's why I didn't publish my poems physically people are like oh come out with a book come out with a book and I will obviously because I'm money hungry obviously <laughs> I'm joking but uh, but like I didn't write my poems down because I read it the way I read it because it's the way it's meant to be read and that's just another, I need to get over that control aspect because I make it rhyme. I make it rhyme. When I ask, that's how I write, is I, I whap open the, the text to, text to, to, you know, text to type. I don't know Ken, how it's called. You talk and it types. Gotcha. Yep. So I tell it what to do and it does it. So if I, if I didn't say it a correct way, it doesn't fit. I got my, I wrote a poem, um, which is so funny for me, uh, from a male perspective. So I thought, right, I'll get a pal to say it because I'm no a man, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, with the best one in the world, that's something I can't do. 
so I was like, right, here, you read the poem. And he read the poem and I was just sitting there like, oh my God, I hate this. I hate it. Really? Because it was just, it just wasn't right. Because it was just minute, like momentary lapses and momentary like pauses and things were making it no rhyme and were making it no fit. And it, probably, Abby else probably thought it was fine. But for me, I was like, no, 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 I'm not doing it right. And that's what was going on yesterday on the radio because I had to do a two, I, they only gave me a minute and they were like, oh, we'll do an extract, just cut a wee bit of your poem. And I was like, no, you're getting the whole thing. Because I was like, no, I, I, I didn't care which verse to cut. It was at the end, you kind of cut the end, you kind of cut the start, you kind of cut the middle. I was like, right, do you know what? It's all getting done. So I proper boosted through that. <laughs> Supersonic speed. <laughs> but the thing about that poem is it's so deep and reflective that I was like, all right, lads, I can sign no see. It's hardly <laughs> proper. Because you only get one take and all. So I was like, I don't care if this is a minute. I actually ended up doing it about 45 seconds, I think. And they're just sitting there like, proper getting sandblasted with this poem. I'm like, <laughs> but that, that's interesting, actually, because I, I noted down to ask you about reciting your own poetry. And that's mm. obviously something that's really important to you. Oh. And that it needs to be done on your terms and the way it's been written and the, the feelings that you want to invoke and the feelings that you have when you're reading it back, I guess, yeah, there is timing and pace and pause and, and things that make it exactly what it needs to be and how it should be understood and heard. On the radio, the the, the woman said uh, it's, it was that piece of music and I was just sitting there thinking, ah, it is. There's a cadence, there's a rhythm, there's a, a, a timbre, the voice. Like, my poem, 40 seconds, had to be done in 40 seconds for the for the, the point of the poem was the, the, the amount of time that this poem's been on, somebody's died. So I needed it to be exact. And and also, like, there is a way of, of me saying it because like I, I I got my start in poetry doing Burns competitions. Ah, cool, right? Across Scotland, like so, I competed for years and years and years. And through that, I've developed a very distinct style of just recitation. And and when it's somebody else's work, you can do creative interpretations of that. But when it's my own work, is a very there's a way in my head when I write the poem. I write the poem with myself saying it. It's like, it's like a director writing a script and then casting themselves the main part. Because I'm, I'm just that thrown. <laughs> no judgment here. Yeah, I completely understand what you're saying. Like it, the difference is fine. Poetry's on a piece of paper, and it's going to be in a book one day, and people will read it and they will take what they need from it. But reciting your own poetry is very special and, and, and unique to you. And I understand why it can't be rushed. It can't just be like I'm just saying a poem, just saying words. No, you're not. It's, it's much more than that. Because I've got poems where, and I've unreleased these ones because. You know, they're, they're too they're too deep. They cut too deep. But I've got poems I can't say without crying. I've got poems I can't read without crying. I've got poems. Uh, I've got poems that hurt so much they hurt to write. People don't understand that about poetry. Like forty seconds. I mean, you can say I come on with a tear streaked face, and I was like, oh, I'm going to wipe these tears off for a film, and I was like, no, I'm no, because this is real. Because when I was writing it, I was greeting. When I was recording it, I was greeting. It took me about four takes because I just kept bursting out of tears. And it's like, I love that about poetry, the fact that it makes it makes me feel when I'm writing it, but it makes mm-hmm. people feel when they're hearing it. You know, I like poetry a lot better than prose because if I can make you greet in 40 seconds, I'm going to. That's why I'm doing this. I just want to make people greet as much as I do. To invoke them, I mean, it's an absolute privilege if you can 
invoke an emotion in someone else and, and someone else can connect with your work. And just when you were speaking there about writing poetry that you'll maybe never release, mm-hmm. I think that's important too. Like you obviously do it for yourself. You have to almost do it. Like it's something within you. You're not doing it for the Twitter likes or the or or not the Twitter likes from some people. Like you're obviously doing it because it's innate. It's within you. It's something you've done all your life. You've loved it. And it's a way for you to express yourself. I mean, I could be like, oh, all right, guys, here's my Patreon. You'll get a poem every Monday. And I gen- I could bash out. I used to do a poem a day um, during lockdown. But Jesus, can you imagine how disingenuous that would be? I, I'm, I don't have an upload schedule for poems. I have my word of the day. That's every day. You'll get one every single day. Maybe maybe at ten a.m. in the morning, maybe eight a.m. eight p.m. at night, but you'll get a you'll get a word. But poems, I'm very, I'm, I will never put my poems under a time constraint because even mm-hmm. doing commissions, I sat there and was like, oh god, this is not real, this is not real, because I'm trying to force it. And as I say, when I, when inspiration strikes, usually at three in the morning when I'm absolutely off my face on about eight cups of tea, like it's like you know it has to be written and then it gets written and it feels so raw and genuine and powerful, but writing for other people when other people give me an idea I'm like oh I don't like this because what me and my pal do sometimes is he'll he'll be like I'll be like, oh, give me a prompt and he'll be like right write about this and I will I'll do it in 15 minutes because it's just a nice wee palate cleanser because cool. when I was doing the commission like I would sit down and be like right Christmas right uh, what rhymes with Christmas whereas I was like I, 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 I called him up and I was like here can you give me a prompt just to like get this to my system and he gave me a prompt and I didn't end up releasing that poem, but at the same time I just sat down and wrote because it just felt right. And that's the thing, like it might inspire something consciously or unconsciously. Right. Like if you've just put pen to paper or typed some words on a screen, do you know what I mean? Like it's it's good just to do it. It's almost like a mindful activity, I think. Mm-hmm. And you've already spoke about mental health oh. and about mental illness, and I also admire that side of your Twitter and what you've put out into the world that arguably I'm imagining would be quite difficult at times for to put your yourself out into the world but again is that a bit like your poetry like you just feel compelled to just be yourself and to not always have this face on like oh I'm having a lovely time and I'm writing all this poetry and it's oh laughs lols that actually you're you're a real person with a real people, life. People say like oh what did you do for your 21st birthday? I greeted on the internet. I filmed myself greeting and posted it and it wasn't for attention. I mean at the end of the day if I want attention, I'll release a banger poem. Like, yeah, I, don't, I don't need attention for people for mental health. But sitting in therapy and making all this progress and then sitting back and thinking, hold on, how can I have access to therapy right now? Oh, because I'm at uni. Most people aren't. Most people haven't even taken that step. Most people who have mental illness didn't even realise it is mental illness. It's just an off day. It's all the comments I get from people saying, oh, it's just an off day. You're all right. You'll be all right, hen. Just go for a walk. And I'm like... I didn't want I didn't want a single person to not know what's going on with me because and I said this in a tweet once I was like I am so sick of only hearing about people's struggles in their obituary. How many people are we going to say oh I didn't ken she was going to oh come on oh he had wins how can you know no I'm not being funny I'm sick of it I'm so sick of it because then it comes back and it's like oh we all need to be kinder to each other people are so kind to me so kind to me do I still want to die sometimes aye let's go damn all today with being kind nobody bullies me into being suicidal nobody bullies me into being mentally ill it's a structural issue it's a systemic issue it's a pandemic on its own because how do you get help 
There's a nine-month waiting list. In those nine months, are you just going to trust I'm not going to do anything? If we put too much burden on our friends and our family, saying, oh, reach out, you know, speak to people, and then what? And then what? There's a reason that we do that, and that's because we want to accept responsibility because we want there to be something we can change. But at the end of the day, we've got to look upwards and think, there's people who are in positions of power who are willfully wanting this to no harm. You know, it's 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 a willful neglect at this point. I don't I don't often get too political, but there's you can't be political and out, you can't be apolitical and outspoken about mental health issues. You know, I really I really admire you, and I know I, that's in, in no way, shape, or form is it to belittle what you've just said. But I genuinely do. It's, I absolutely admire anybody that puts their real self out there whether it be on social media or, or just to their friends or their family or whatever especially when it comes to mental health and mental ill health because yes we're all talking more and I think there's more acceptance to a degree and there there certainly is more help than there was maybe 20 years ago but like you're saying it's it's not enough and we can't talk about it enough mm-hmm. absolutely and the more we talk and share hopefully it will bring the help that's obviously needed like you're saying pandemic level and I do really admire what you put out of yourself there because I think it will definitely be helping people for sure if people can just see another human being being real and saying do you know what see the day it's not a great day and I'm feeling like this but I'm coming on to say I'm still here I'm doing my thing we don't always see that again on social media we don't there's a there's an element of I don't know what like you always think to yourself oh I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable I didn't even tell my parents that I was feeling a particular way until about a year and a half ago. Um, just because I didn't want to make them feel uncomfortable. And then you get in this mindset where you're like, no, 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 I'm going to make you feel uncomfortable. Because I guarantee you, me having a frank, open and honest conversation with my parents about mental health is never going to be as uncomfortable as them coming to my funeral. And that, I mean, that's a sad way of saying it, but like, make them uncomfortable. Go on. And the thing is, I think quite often... I'm just talking from personal experience. I think we can build something up in our head and and think that almost like underestimate people and what they're able to cope with. And I think just sometimes it's better just to put it out there because actually you'll be amazed at people's reactions, not always positively, but hopefully on the most part that people will step up for you. People will be able to cope with more than what you think, and actually things will be put into perspective and help will be sought. I could come on, I could very easily come on every day, post my wee word and go away. But no, no, I, I'm very open, real and honest about the fact that some days the word's all I do. Mm-hmm. I get up, post my word, go back to bed. It's a way of being like, you are not abnormal. You are not, you can have spent all day greeting. Did you get through the day? Are you still alive? That's a good day. There's a, there's a, a, a fake positivity, this whole good vibes only thing. I hate that, I kind of throw that because... What what do the good vibes do when you're not having a good day? They makes you feel like you're no adequate. Whereas bad, I'm, I'm like bad vibes only. Like come away, come away to me and tell me how bad your day was. I love it. I love hearing about how people's bad days are because you've shared, we've connected. You're being honest. When people ask you, they say, oh, "How you doing?" Oh, I'm fine. How are you? No, 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 no. I'm no fine. You know, I, I want people to be frank and honest with each other. Oh, I didn't eat until five p.m. the day because I couldn't be arsed. Okay. Do you want some meat now? Everybody says that they're, they're pro-mental health and that they want, until it actually manifests symptoms. So if your pal's no showering, if your pal's no eating, if your pal's no getting out of bed, 
That is a mentally ill person who is in need of help, understanding and compassion. And you need people need to understand that mental health issues aren't putting on all this mascara to greet off and leave beautiful tear tracks. It's disgusting. Mental health issues can be disgusting. And you know what? They're human. And if I can if I can share a wee bit of that, you know, like, you know, the people people know my manic tweets like 3 a.m. in the morning, I'm up cleaning my taps. I'm not up cleaning my taps because I want to be clean. I'm up cleaning my taps because I've just that I've got that in my head. If I didn't clean the taps, I can't go to sleep. And you'd you'd obviously mentioned therapy and I think I mean, let me just say that, you know, I think it's it's great that you're able to to get that help and I hope it, it, it is helping. I hope you're getting the help that you need. And can I also say like um I mega appreciate you being so open on this podcast and I hope you're okay. I'm just checking in oh, that you're okay. Absolutely. Anyone listening, obviously I'm, I'll put some helpful links in the show notes for anybody. But I again, I just commend you for your honesty and your openness and that. it will absolutely be helping people for, for sure. There's no doubt about it. But as long as it's helping you. But that's, that's, that's all I want. All I want is, I say that, I said that, I think I've even got it written in a poem that I've not released. I want to leave more than tears when I leave. I want there to be a legacy. And I'm so privileged that I've got a legacy to carry on. Like my grandparents raised me and I carry them with me every single day. But I want there to be something more than tears because when I go, whether it's, I don't know, whether it's next week or in 50 years' time, whether I get hit by a bus or, you know, I, I want to leave an impact. I want to, to leave ripples. I want to leave fucking tsunami. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm sick of this, like, you know, because Abdi can, can sit there and say, oh, I lived a good life. I want to live an impactful life. I want to help people. So if it means me writing me poems, if it means me writing me tweets, if it means me coming on talking about Scots, no matter what it is that I do, I didn't do it for myself. I have absolutely no intention of being famous or rich. I can't throw that. I can't throw that at all. I, I love who I am and I love the way that I am and, and there's going to be no point in the followers where I stop being who I am. I tweet the same way I did when I had 50 followers, you know what I mean? Because... It's like, I feel more liberated by using Scots, so I didn't use that at the start. And I'm, I'm not going to hold my hands up and be like, oh, I've always been a staunch Scots activist. I was the same when I thought it was slang. But now- we all modify, we're all gu- guilty, if that's the, exactly. the right word, of modifying ourselves. And throughout this, I, I, I've been thinking, yeah, I don't always put myself out there in terms of social media. And it's not to say that everybody should, because what? there's other mediums that you might, you know, or you might do it more in real life when you meet people in the street or it's not about that but I, I absolutely you're right in in terms of like we all modify we all have our ways of speaking to certain people or in certain groups and you know when I'm not doing a podcast I might sound quite different so I think it's okay to modify to a certain degree if that helps you and helps the people in the situation but essentially staying true to who you are is important there's a lot of pressure on Scott speakers um on I mean I've noticed that see when I, I speak in English People come on me. They say, oh, you're not speaking Scots. I don't have to. I don't do it at uni. I don't do it out in the street. Depends what mood I'm in. Because sometimes you just can't, you just know in a mood for Scots. Sometimes... The, the... It's just like whether you wear a stripy jumper one day and you wear a spotty one the next. Like, you're allowed to I mean, be the... a multi-faceted person who has different things in their life. We're bilingual. If we're, if we're taking Scots as a language, we're bilingual. Some days I don't feel like speaking another language. The, the sort of lingua franca is, it's, it's assumed knowledge that Abby speaks English. 
So at uni, I'll speak English. I'll speak with a refined accent. I'll speak with a, a quote-unquote, you know, educated accent. I know I'm going to be looked at with, with scorn. I know I'm going to be looked at as being unprofessional. I've had it said to my face I'm unprofessional. With, with it too passionate, too Scottish, too too coarse. And it's like... It's not a thing. Literally. And <laughs> too, too passionate and too Scottish. Not a thing. Sometimes I'm just like, I can't even be bothered. I'm just going to speak to you the way you want me to speak. And it's no shame. It's just, it's. Every, I, I think there's there's no Scottish person that doesn't experience this, because we're Anglo-centric. Everybody assumes that everybody's British and that we should speak in a way that everybody in Britain understands. And a lot of my Welsh friends and my Irish friends feel the same way, and that when they speak, they're supposed to speak a certain way, and when they don't, they feel like it's a failing. And it's like I I don't perform the act of being Scottish. It's not a performative act. I'm not coming on, speaking to you the now, I'm not putting this on. But at the same time, I could just as well have come on this podcast and be talking to you in a way that would be much more easy to understand and much more, you know, eloquent and much, you know. But I'm not going to do that because I can't be arsed. If you had, then but that would have just been you today. Aye. That's not necessarily that you're putting up on a performance. You're not acting, you're not playing a character. You're just able to switch from one to the other. And that's within you, that's learned, that's developed over the years of your life, the things you've heard, the things you've read, the things that people have told you. And we all draw on experience. Everything's in English, you know what I mean? There's no, there's no book that you're going to read, unless you're very into Scots. There's no book you're going to read in Scots. There's no a mm. TV programme, like Natrads was on the other night, the traditional music award. That was in Scots. That's the first time I've sat down and had my dinner watching Scots on the telly. How sad that, that I'm 21. And I'm, I'm, I'm into Scots, and that was one of the first times I've seen. I mean, it was in Gaelic and Scots. I was, I was, I was shocked. It was amazing, and yet the backlash that that program received was very interesting. Gosh, I guess we'll, we're not going to solve the mystery that is, you know, everybody's opinion on it, you know, in one podcast. But I just absolutely commend you for just being you and doing what you love to do and being, being. Too passionate and too Scottish and more of it, more of it, absolutely. You know, if you can find something that you love and you get to do it in any sort of capacity, you've, you've struck gold, in my opinion. Right, that's why I didn't charge for, for like, I didn't put my, my videos behind a paywall because I'm not doing this for, for, I'm doing this because I have a language, I can help, I can, it's, it's, this is genuinely my passion. And I, I, before I started this, I was sitting there thinking, what am I going to do with a Spanish degree? I've got no intentions of doing anything with my Spanish. Um, this is it now. I've got the like. I'm I'm going to keep doing this, and if it makes me money, it makes me money. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I don't care. I love it. Opportunities and experiences will come your way, and they already have. You know, you were talking about the opportunity with Lidl, and that's great. Like, just you know, you have to seize what you want to seize at the moment, and you know, it's like if things are for you, they'll not go by you. Literally, that's. I mean, a great a great Scots phrase. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I didn't set out to be like, oh, I want 30,000 followers. You know, I'm fast approaching that and I'll probably do it by the end of the year. But at the same time, I don't see that as, oh, I've got 30,000 fans. I see that as, oh, look, 30,000 friends. Yes. Like, I, I mean, I interact with people and, I, and you get to know them because the same people that comment all the time. You know, there's quite a few people who are, you know, older who always say, oh, I'm, I'm deep proud of you here and I'm, 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 you know, hod for it. And I'm like, like, um, this is a completely separate point. I'm not putting him in the category with the audience, but um, like Billy Kay, I have to, I, I will always shout him out in every single thing I do because 
the support he's given me has been phenomenal. And this is somebody who's, you know, an academic Scott. This is somebody who's written books and done TV series and things. And he's uplifting, you know, there's no jealousy. There's no jealousy. There's no like, oh, you know, this this young thing's coming on the scene. It's like, okay, look, we've got a spokesperson for the lead. And it's like, I love that. And I own a Fife, Scott Singer. She's had the same hate I've had for years and years and years. And there's no, again, there's no jealousy. You could sit there and be like, oh, we're two lassies. We should be competing with each other. Damn all jealousy. We were, in a, we're in a Scots group chat where everything's in Scots. It's, ah! it's amazing. Oh, my God. And, you know, it's the first time where I've been like, here, how do you spell Abdi? Here, how do you spell Hoy? Here, how do you spell this? How do you spell this? And there's no, like, well, this is how it's supposed to be spelled. It's like, oh, well, I've seen this. I've seen this. We see this in Paisley. We see this in Glasgow. And it's like, I love that. Of Made of that. There's room for everybody. And there's no right way of doing it. It's just the way that you do it. And we can all learn for each other. I, I used to put, like, Wayne slash Wayne slash Wayne slash Wayne. Different spellings. Abdi Kens, there's different ways to spell the way. They, they're not, not uh, the Ulster Scots, W-A-I-N. Because they say Wayne. Mm-hmm. That's how they say it. I say Wayne. W-E-A-N. Now, the word Wayne is the word Bairn. I've had, on that, I'm not having children one. So, uh, loads of people commented, this should be Bairn. I've never said Bairn. I'm, I'm, I'm fair to you. We didn't say Bairn. There's more, more than one way to skin a cat. Like. Literally, the, the most controversial word I ever did was Atri. Cold. Freezing weather. Atri. 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 I've never heard that one before. Exactly. Do you know what? I didn't make it up. <laughs> I totally believe you. Like the, I've comments, just never heard it. the comments were like, "This isn't how we say it. We say Baltic." I've already done the word Baltic. Word Baltic was done last week. There's synonyms. There's lots of words they describe the same thing. I tweeted, I tweeted all these lads think the synonym something you find in your spice cupboard because literally. <laughs> imagine hearing a word and be like, "This is the only way to say it. the word Baltic." Cold, freezing. That's two synonyms. Now, the word atri has fallen out of use. Nobody says atri. I never said nobody said atri. I just said this is a Scots word. And then, oh, coincidentally, that was the word where I wore my tartan dress. They loved that. Oh, my God. They were like, oh, you know, this wee lassie come on teaching SNP words with a tartan dress on. I'm like, have a day off, pal. You could be having a lovely conversation about language, but no, you'll just have an argument about who says it best. It's so funny because they're so territorial about it. And I'm like, because I've lived in quite a few places, I've lived in the Central Belt, I've lived outside Glasgow and I've lived in Fife now. I do, I'm a bit, I'm a bit of linguistic, you know, there's, there's linguistic, like I say Ken, I say Abdi. I use the Doric words, I use Gansey and, and things like Bose and all this and Quines and Loons and, and I love that. I feel like, why can we not do that? Why can we not just have, you know, why does it have to be, okay, I am from Renfrewshire. And in Renfrewshire, we say this. Or, oh, I'm, I speak the Doric. I don't even be using your word. It's like, no, you're not getting the point. It's a language. Let's use all the words. It's like anything. It's like the arts, like music. It's all inspired. They're all, all the styles are inspired by each other. It's like dance. You know, it's in, all the styles are inspired by each other. You'll see ballet and jazz. You'll see jazz and tap. Like, they intertwine. They connect. I think it's fascinating. And nothing better than somebody coming on here and giving me words that I don't no, like every day should be a school day. You should be learning something new. Right. You shouldn't be like that's no right or that's made up or that's a piece of nonsense or this word's better than that word. Words are words. It's so good to be able to write 
to be able to like you know sit down and scream my poems in Scots because I've got so many more words you can make them rhyme you can have all these fancy English words and then whap it crab it and wab it at the end to get that rhyme on. <laughs> it's like nailed it I'm so, I'm so lucky that fashion snash rhyme because that really carried me through the I'm not having children <laughs> I mean I sat down and thought well I should, I should maybe write a few words in Spanish one day I was like no that'll, that'll blow their minds oh, I don't know if they're ready for that because <laughs> I, I did a word of the day the other day it was in Spanish French Scots and English and it was the what was the word it was disjun people were People went a bit mental in my DMs. They were like, all these Spanish people were like, you speak Spanish. <laughs> so I, the, the French people were like, you speak French. Like, I, they, but it's funny how I never got criticised for speaking Spanish. I never got criticised for speaking French. But I've been criticised so heavily for speaking Scots. Interesting. Well, on a positive note, I think if anybody's going to turn the tide and educate and maybe make people think twice it's yourself so I think what you're doing is brilliant and carry on and and I understand like I've not had one criticism that I've seen I'm sure I've had criticisms that I've just no been privy to but in terms of this podcast nobody's come at me yet saying this is a piece of nonsense and I know exactly how I would react if I did the Benny podcast that week so I totally commend you again I'm using that word because I understand you've had so many people slide into the DMs and giving their, <laughs> their it's such cowardice I had this guy come and write a big soliloquy about how much he hates me and how much Abdi hates me and then he blocked me and I'm like come on then he cut it off at the foreplay pal it's like you will get hate I guarantee you if, if you're associating with me you will um, so if any comes your way I do apologise but at the same time let me know and I'll, I'll sort them out when I, when I took my week hiatus, it was partially because I had the little thing coming out and I didn't want to tarnish it, but it was partially just because I just got, like, I just got bored of it. Like, you, I'll, I'll come on in the morning, like, this morning I opened up and it was somebody just saying that I don't speak real Scots, I just speak a bastardization of English. It's just an, an unintelligible Glasgow drawl. And I'm like, come on. I thought we were past this. You're like, of all the things in the world that are controversial that we should be talking about that we should be concentrating our efforts on and saying that by the way that's not right mm-hmm. of all the things in the world it's not the scots language i can sure. feel well that the way that i speak isn't a classical scots it's no burns is scots it's modern scots and it's also i'm not speaking to a room full of scots speakers i'm speaking to americans and english people so i'm modifying i'm differentiating in the classroom you didn't teach to the smartest pupil you didn't teach the one that kens all the words you teach to the the very you know you teach to everybody because it's it's about making sure everybody feels included and everybody can understand so correct I speak the way I speak, and if you don't like it, that's your problem. Unfollow me. And these people that didn't even follow me that are saying this, I'm like, <laughs> you sought me out. You have you you literally have turned on the gas, stuck your hand in the fire, and gone, oh, that's nippy. That's burning. <laughs> so genuinely, I don't know what to tell you, pal. As much as you're maybe attracting that attention from some people, what's more important is that the joy that you're bringing people on Twitter and the words and people learning about the language about their own language as well you know uh, apart from you know people abroad and just connecting in that community that you've built like you were saying like that you're constantly speaking to people on a daily basis around the world around the globe about something that you're passionate about and you might have inspired them to write a poem so many people like send me their work and stuff and I'm like oh my god this is great this is phenomenal 
because I'm just so like, cool. I'm just like this, and it's people who aren't Scottish writing in Scots. And I'm like, this is interesting. A lot of the hate is now about the work I do. Like I can take that. I can if it was literary criticism. If it was like, oh, I didn't like this poem, but that's fine. Like I, I, Janie Godley said something the other day. She gets a lot of hate as well. She was like, um, it's like going to butchers and complaining about the sausages. <laughs> so true. Like, why are you here? Who asked you to come here? Because then it's like one person, one one like militant British flag Twitter person will quote tweet something and all their pals will come on and be like, somebody said the other day, oh, she'd be hotter if she had tits. I can't change that. Give me something I can change. And like at the end of the day, I'm fine now in terms of like body image and that. Like I'm 21. I'm all the women I'm ever going to be. Like I've made my peace with it. There's damn all going on. But, you know, at the end of the day, if I'd if I'd seen that at sixteen, I'd have been destroyed. Well, this is the thing: words of power. I called that guy out specifically, and I said I was I wasn't you know I wasn't cheeky about it. I was like, "You have done some damage to me today, and now you're going to you're you're I'm going to make that your problem." So, how do you feel now that you know that you've upset someone? And he was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I, d- I didn't realize you'd see it." Uh, and I'm like, "Well, no, 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 no. Modify your behavior so that when you're not being observed." You're still a good person. We all know that it, sometimes it can come from a place of ignorance and people just need to be told. And if you're able to put your hands up and go, do you know what? I'm really sorry. I've had a bad day and I've come on here and been a bit of a Twitter warrior or a, a bit of a, what's the word? Troll. You know, if somebody can then put, hold their hands up and they're told, by the way, you're bang out of order. We're all human. But, if, you know, if you're not willing to learn from your mistakes and be called out and take it on the chin and go, do you know what? Actually, thanks very much for calling me out in that because I didn't know or I, I, I led with fear or hatred or, or whatever was going on in my head because we're all human and people sometimes take to, to social media and do a bit of a rant and then look, must look back and go, delete, what was I thinking? I'm sure that goes on quite often and we can't just write people off or cancel them necessarily. But at the end of the day, like you're saying, words have power, whether they're on a screen, whether they're in a book, whether you're reciting beautiful poetry, it's about connecting with words in the best most positive way you can because you just don't know who's listening or reading i accept every apology i'm gained because i take people at face value i've been criticized for things and i either delete the tweets or i apologize but if if i doubled down i wouldn't expect people to stand by me people don't blindly follow me like i've had i've had discussions debates and stuff with people that follow me I don't expect an echo chamber. If I do something stupid, I won't call out. You just wonder, you just, I'm thinking with my compassionate head on, just maybe what's not to excuse it in any way, shape, or form, because that those people's words and what they've said to you and what they've sent you pictures or whatever they've said to you is wrong. But you just, with my compassionate head on, I'm just like, <sighs> I worry for people. You know, what pain have you got that makes you feel that? You need to put that onto somebody else. And I think, like I was saying earlier, I think just what you're doing and putting your yourself out there and being honest and open about your just you as a person and your highs and your lows, surely, if anything, I, I, I pray that that at least is going to hopefully help other people to channel their difficulties and their challenges in a more productive, constructive, positive way rather than sending random people that they've never met on the internet hate that's why that's why they can't beat me and i think it's why they can't figure me out because i'll come on and say i'm mentally ill go on tell me i'm mentally ill i come on and say i've got body image issues i come i tell you i tell you i flip the video because i think my eyes are wonky come on and tell me that 
I, I'll, t- I'll tell you something on a bad day. You can't kind of get me for that. I tell you I love my family. You can't kind of get me for that. I tell you I love the Scots League. You can't kind of get me for that. What are you going to get me for? You're going to get me for nothing. You're going to sit there. You're going to write your hate. You're going to send it my way. And I'm going to come back at you with a stupid power and fury of you know somebody who is mentally ill and does know the bad things there's nobody that hates me more than I hate myself nobody and there never will be and I I think they can't figure that out no matter what you say to me I've said worse there's I, I I've I've sat down and wanted to die I've sat down and hated myself so much that I've wanted to end it so there's damn all you can say to me that's going to make me feel worse than that and from, that might sound sad, but from myself, from my perspective, I take that as a point of strength because there's nothing that's going to beat me now. I've got past that. I feel immortal. I feel invincible. I feel unkillable. I have a strength within me that I couldn't even get rid of. So go on. Give it a best shot. You're not going to win. At the end of the day, I get plenty of attention from my family, from my friends, I'm not, I'm a, I'm a, people don't, don't know this about me. I'm a very introverted person. I'm very shy. I was very nervous about the day. I was very nervous. I'm very nervous every time I upload. You know, it, it, the reason I say, all right, lads, all right, lads, it's a, it's a, it's a, st- it's a start. It's a, it's just a way yeah, of release. Yeah. It's just a way of, of, of centering myself because I get nervous. I get nervous every time I upload a poem. I get nervous every time I today. That radio thing yesterday, I, I didn't sleep the night before. I was cleaning the taps. I was that nervous. I totally understand that. I think there is a perception of people who put their art form out in the world that they are invincible, they're untouchable, that they're super confident. And some days, yeah, and sometimes you're really not. And that's okay too. It doesn't matter how much experience or, you know, how many times you do it, just sometimes it just feels like, geez, oh, like I do it all the time. Like I'll come coming on to do a podcast and I'm like, oh, the butterflies in your stomach. You're like, you've done this a million times. What are you nervous about? But it's because a lot of the time it's because you care because you want something to go well you want to do the best job possible and that's because you're passionate about what you're doing you care about it it's important to you mm-hmm. and um I, I think sometimes when if the butterfly is in there then you should go hmm is this is this really what I should be doing well I still have to get my pals to order food for me sometimes in the restaurants just because I'm just you, you overthink it you get nervous you have a bad day you get anxious I'm a very anxious person like and and I think that's what people People don't know what to to make of me because I'm honest about stuff like that. And they're like, well, you're not wanting to put your best foot forward. You're not wanting to, to capitalise on this. You're not wanting to make get brands thinking that you're, you know, a, a good person to work with. Like, I've had criticisms like, you should keep keeping that stuff offline. You don't want to be sharing that because people are going to, and I'm like, what do you want? Going to judge me? All right, go on then. Have at it. Okay, I suffer from very, very serious chronic depression. I'm in therapy the now, and also I've been on medication. I'm not on it the now, but I've been on medication. Both of them are valid treatment options. And that's very real for a lot of people. And some people don't share that, and that's okay. But some people do, and that's okay. If, if, End of. If, somebody, if somebody can see me still, quote-unquote, succeeding, if people can see the struggle and see me getting past it, it's the getting past it that I want to, to emphasise. It's the fact that I... The days are shit sometimes, but I get through them. And tomorrow is tomorrow's a blank page. I might write a poem tomorrow. I know it's hard for people to see and to be powerless to help. My parents go through this where they're like, what can we do? I'm like, you can't do anything. Like, people online are like, oh, why are you telling us? Like, what can we do? Can we make you smile? And I'm like, no, telling you was what helped. It's not about you. It's not about your reaction to my pain. It's about me 
been in a place where I feel powerful enough to share that. Thank goodness for your power. Thank goodness for your power. So much strength. Like I think you're, I think you're amazing. Oh, thank you. I think you're amazing too. I do. <laughs> thanks. thanks. So the thingamabobs, which for this episode, I'm absolutely calling the thingamajigs. Absolutely, as you should. As I should. I selected a few for you if you're up for answering them. Thanks. Can I just say in this moment, thanks very much for everyone. No, and thank you. I hope you're all right for sharing all of that. And I honestly do, like, because of course there's a strength, but of course talking as well about what you're going through is difficult. So I, I don't underestimate that in the slightest. It ceases to be about me for me when I talk about it because... I've been through it. I've had the pain. If I can make that no in vain, if I can make that no a waste of pain, then I'll do that. And if helping people is what I can do with it, then I'll do that. So that's legitimately all I want is to be able to say, right, I've helped people. Because that's what I want to do in my life. And and I've, I went through a, a phase where I was like, okay, that's it. My life's a waste. It's no a waste. I'm helping people. That's it. Like, it keeps me here. That's what keeps me living. Keeps me breathing is the fact that I may have a positive impact on other other people. Nothing me about it. Absolutely, hundred percent is is happening for sure. Here comes the hang of my jigs. Okay. When you write your autobiography, because obviously there'll be all the books, well, oh, dreams, which then you'll which autobiography? There's multiple. I'm planning multiple. Where are you going to cry it? What's it going to be called? Oh, see, that's the thing. I was thinking pen, penny for my thoughts. Oh. Come on, pulled that out your back pocket like it was nothing. But it could also be like following my lead. It's, it's so many of them. Like I've got so many. I think penny for my thoughts. That would be that would be good. That'd be good. Need pause anything? I didn't even need to add that. I had that in a happy. Right there. Who or what makes you laugh? Myself. <laughs> no, no, my family. My family. My family, my pals, I've cultivated such a space of hilarious people and I recycle their patter on the timeline. Like it. Good plan. Um, oh, finish this sentence. When I was wee, I... I was a wee shite. I was so thrown and so disobedient. My parents, I can't... I, I was such a bad child. <gasps> no way. I, you're, a good, you're like me. You're a good... No, 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 no. My mum came through at three in the morning and I was rubbing conditioner into the carpet with a towel... To clean the carpet. Well, I mean, your intentions. No. <laughs> You're a good lassie now. I mean, depends who you ask. Your parents may be listening to this, so. <laughs> I have never even looked at a man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Love it. I can't imagine you as being a wee toe rag. I was so bad. I was like, because I was thrown and, and so disobedient. But then I, I quickly, you know, I quickly became a good child, whereas my wee brother, he was a wee, he, do you know, the youngest son, I, I have a theory, the young, nobody's treated better than the youngest son. My sister, she was the firstborn, everything she did was like, oh, it's the first time, the first word, or the first, the time I rolled around, it was like, oh, away, she's walking, oh, away, no. <laughs> she can look after herself. And then, and then we, we Fregley came along, and it was like, oh, this is, this is the golden child, look, he's speaking. Look, he's filled his nappy. Oh, take a photo. That is mental. And what did what did your family make of your poems and your Scots word of the day? Do they do they tune in? Well, my brother calls it the Daily Word, and I'm like, you're such a fake fan. You <laughs> <laughs> thought, thought it was cringy at the start. One of my very first videos was me saying, "Well, my wee brother thinks this is cringy, so I hope you're cringing, pal." And of course, you know, he's like, oh, you don't speak like that. Because he never lived in Airdrie. 
So he he never got the sort of Scots upbringing, and he he you know he, North Lanarkshire patter. Aye, he's, he's like the, there's no patter like North Lanarkshire patter. He's very much uh, acclimatized in the sort of you know English language. So it's it's interesting going home and being like, oh, we don't we don't speak like that, and I'm like, Addy, shut up. But they love it. They, there's nobody more supportive than my family. I mean, I often often screenshot. I always ask permission, but I screenshot things my mum says because. I want to make people aware of the fact that I am coming for a very supportive and very privileged point because I'm aware that a lot of people don't have a good family. They don't have a good family life. There's nobody that loves each other the way my parents love each other. And there's nobody that loves their wains like my parents love their wains. They've been so supportive. My dad said the other day, he was like, if you want to gear this up, gear up. Is that we're not going to... Because I was, I was greeting on the phone and being like, I just want to make you proud. And he was like, we're proud of you. We're proud of you for this. We'll be proud of you. Yeah, it's a done deal. It's it's such a weight off me being like, well, the two things I want to do in life are to help people and to make my family proud. And the fact that I've done one of them without even with just existing, it takes the pressure off. Because at the end of the day, it gives you that invisibility, a bulletproof, a bulletproof yeah. field to be like, well, this man doesn't like me on the internet, but my dad thinks I'm class. Correct. I love it. I love it. Right, here it comes. I mean, don't ask me. Don't ask me. I have to. You have to be in the highlights. But I, whatever I say, I'm going to be wrong. What did... Oh. But everybody... Well, some people will say, oh, I don't have a clue. I can't think of any of them. You know, and, and the thing about the hingamajigs slash thingamabobs mm-hmm. is that it's just your answer of the day. The more it would be something different. So what is... Your favourite Scottish word or phrase? Oh, I hate this. This is so awful. I can't believe you Here, wait a minute. Hold, hold the bus. Stop the bus. Have you done your video for the day? No, I haven't. Have you picked the word though? No, I haven't. We'll just pick it the now and then. Just... <laughs> and then... Oh, I tell you what, I'll do the day. I'll do book. I've not done book. Do you know what I love about book? You can just say book and it's a sentence. <laughs> so true. <laughs> book is such a powerful word and I can that it's in Ulster Scots and all so I better do it before Ryan does book is gorgeous because there's it's onomatopoeic so you've got that sort of linguistic aspect but at the same time oh it's gross book is such a disgusting word because it literally is like book it's 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 gorgeous I love it it's all the things I love about the Scots language it's dirty it's raw it's real and this is this this episode has been all the things and more for dirty sure. Dirty Ron Real. That's that's the tagline for my penny for your thoughts. Dirty Ron Real. Done, boom, book's written. That's written itself. I somebody call the publisher. Len, <laughs> thank you so much for doing this. This has been an absolute joy. It honestly has a no joke. I know I was gushing about you and it. I don't I hope it doesn't seem disingenuous because it's genuinely no. I think absolutely think it's wonderful what you're doing i love your poems there's a new one dropping the day so uh... oh <laughs> yes and whatever's coming for you whatever you're going for i wish you all the best and i, I wish you just everything and more because i think it's brilliant what you're doing and um the haters are going to hate but hey you're you're helping people Aye. and you're doing something you're passionate about and for me you you sum up what it means to be brawn brave so Oh, thank you. On your cell. On your oh, cell. Come on. Lag me a lumbreak. Let's get them out. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Braw and the Brave, a 
podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.